Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Shervant, thank you for joining the show. Welcome. How you doing, man? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah, well, I appreciate you reaching out. I know we connected through uh, a podcast matchmaking service in a sense. And I was telling you right before uh, we hit record that I, I think there's a lot that we're going to be able to talk about because we both have just this deep, passionate, uh, I guess almost nerdiness when it comes to mindset and really the way that we as people kind of tick. But one thing that I appreciate about having somebody like yourself on here is that you're not natively from the U.S., and I know that there are a lot of times that I have guests that are on that uh, we just get used to certain ways that we do things and how we kind of had to work through things through life. Now, I don't want to take your your story away or your thunder away from any of this. So, man, why don't you give us a little bit of context? Tell us what you do for a living and uh, maybe one thing that most people don't know about you that's a little odd or bizarre. Sure. I I work right now, uh, my nine to five is a program manager for a semiconductor company. However, the rest of the time I'm a uh, pro professional speaker, I'm a motivational coach, and I look to uh, help as many people as I can with, like you said, the mindset stuff. I And it's, it's good that you mentioned that uh, I have a funny accent is because I came to the United States uh, 2005 and culturally I was told from the beginning that I miss, must follow this particular footprint. You must go to school, you must get your corporate job, you must do all of these things and I tell you Nick for the first eight years of my life, ten years uh, in my America life, that's what I did. I just followed the blueprint and I found myself after I think it was 2013 you know, I I did the American dream. I came here, I worked really hard, got my diploma, check. I, I got the corporate 9 to 5 job, check. I got my 401k, check. Then I said, well, I'm going to start living and going to parties and all of these things. And all of a sudden, as I kept not growing anymore, I just started, you know, there's that saying, if you don't progress, you regress. That's how it felt. It just... I didn't I didn't feel whole and I, I tell you there's one instance where I met with a friend and haven't seen him in a few years and we sit down and he's generally happy to see me interested he's like how you doing how's he going and that question just, I don't know at that moment just hit me hard because I was fine had the job fine had the house fine had uh, my relationships were fine, nothing was great. There was, there were just something lacking, something lacking, and that's, that's where I struggled a lot. And um, you know, that's 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 uh, that's what one of the reasons why, as I got more and more desperate of not knowing exactly what to do with my life, that's what set me on this path of, as your show it is, uh, a mindset path. So what's the weird thing or the odd thing that people don't know about you? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. One odd thing, Nick, is 
in fourth grade, uh, you know, we were talking before the recording, strange things that happened to us in childhood. In fourth grade, I was reading along with the people in class. I was, uh, we, we were going around the class and we were supposed to read from a book and I misread something. And, you know, the, the, the kids in the classroom just started giggling and everything. And to make things worse, my teacher decided that it would be very appropriate to make fun of me, which made all the other kids laugh even even harder and just I got super embarrassed. And from that point, I can tell you that I have not read a book since that fourth grade. I Only the ones that I had to for school, none whatsoever until I found the mindset. Man, that's uh, that's interesting. It's it's funny. I've joked with people that I hated to read, hated, hated to read. I didn't even like reading captions on the TV. Like I didn't want to read any of it at all. Uh, and I know 100% it was because we were forced to do something. And if you're forced to do something, you're like, well, nope, makes me want to not do it even more now. And now I find myself yeah, basically have six to eight books going at a time, a couple daily reads and others that are kind of, you know, the ones that I'm working through. Um, but that's, that's interesting. And especially for you to be able to be in that spot and now be in a different country with a different language and being able to read things in not your native language. So are you now one of those types of people where similar to me, where you've got a bunch of books all at a time, or do you kind of move through them one by one? I do have a library of books at the moment, but I tried to read them one by one. And I, I'm, because again, lacking the uh, the skill of reading uh, for so many years, I'm very slow. I'm very slow, but I know it's a it's a skill that I can develop. Uh, you know, I had a fixed mindset prior to prior to starting to read, and of course, it's also the fact that you have to find the books that really intrigue you, right? And once I started finding the books that really made me light up when I was reading them, it was a different a different way of reading. But I I had that sling where. You know, you, you have, oh, I want that one. And someone tells you about another book and you start picking that up. And I had three or four at the same time. And I, I find it very difficult to, to finish them just because of my inability to read fast. So now I'm going very methodical one by one. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, it's not a race in that sort of way. Um, I used to find myself being really jealous of people that could just rip through books. But then I thought about it. And I was like, you're you're ripping through that. Did you learn anything? Like a couple things like that you didn't read and like the synopsis of it or like on the back page. And some people just will kind of do things like that just to check it off the box. Sort of like what you were doing where you said you came over and you went after that American dream to check off those boxes, check off those boxes and keep going, thinking that happiness is on the other side of another one of those boxes. So now that you understand that it's not all built in that, what, uh, how does life kind of look different than it did before? Um, and especially being here in the States, like, uh, actually on that note, I want to jump to that, like getting here to the States. What was the, what was the idea to come over here for? What was the plan of like, we're, I'm going to get here and I'm going to do these things and that journey to be able to get here. Cause that in and of itself is a typical journey that most of us here in the States don't ever go through. Maybe we'll move to a different state within 
the continental U.S., but not have to go different countries and, you know, learn a new language and all that. So tell us a bit about that, about that story getting over here. Yeah, I, I think perspective has a lot to do with uh, many of the things that we do. And when I came in 2005, my plan was to work for a few months and then go back home. But then working a minimum wage job for uh, three months or actually for the first month when once I got that paycheck and I realized that my paycheck is as much as I would make in a year in Romania. I was like, wow, this is the land of opportunities. So it, it was you know growing up i didn't have uh, we didn't have as a family a lot of uh, money so looking at looking at it uh, from that perspective i th thought man this is this is so much that i can do here than i couldn't do back home which made me want to really make my home here in the united states uh, the, tra the transition i can tell you that there's as an immigrant uh, you go through these phases where you feel like home is home and you're you're here but you're just working because you want to get home but then when you go home uh, the first time i went i felt like an alien there and it was this struggle between where am i where, which one is my home and i had to really make make a commitment and uh, decide that i want to stay here because this is where i can make a better life for myself and my family man how did you manage your mindset throughout that feeling of my home isn't my home anymore my home is now somewhere else you know it was a lot of trepidation because i had so many friends back home that uh, i was keeping in touch with and I, I i wanted that belonging and i was making friends here but didn't feel the same because friends from back home i knew for i don't even know some of them i knew for 20 years uh, but then you know, you, you kind of have to make a decision. You, the, the, the staying in limbo is just detrimental to anybody. You're, you're better off running in one direction 100 miles than standing still at the, at the intersection. Because at least when you run one direction, you know, hey, I'm actually running the wrong way. I can turn around and take another path. But if you're just standing still at, at the intersection, you still don't know. And that's that's pretty much what happened. At one point, I just settled. I said, you know, I'll make here my home. And if in 10 years I feel different, then I can always go back home. But I never look back. It was a, it was a good decision. Yeah, I, it sounds like it has been. Uh, but it also sounds like your mindset was starting to head in that direction. Like even just getting over to a new country, even as somebody who visits a different country, that's still kind of atypical than what most people experience. Like I've been to, I've been overseas a couple of times and I've had conversations with people that are like, oh man, I've never, or I couldn't imagine, or, you know, anything like that. So even just to take that step out, outside of your comfort zone to come over here and start to do these things. And then for you to get to a point where you're like, no matter what, if I was there, if I'm here, wherever I'm at, I'm still with me, but I'm still not happy. So how did you get onto that path of going, all right, well, I need to do something different and starting to work on yourself? Yeah, I think in, in many cases, what drives us the most is a desire. 
It, and depending on where you are in your seasons of life, your your desire, if it's strong enough, you will persist and go one direction or another. And when I moved to the United States, my mindset was more of a desire to amass wealth because of a deficiency that uh, I had back home, where I had no money. And coming here, money drove me for a really long time. Uh, like I said, all those check, all those boxes were driven by my lack of money, my not having not, not having enough money to go to a restaurant uh, back home, and coming here, uh, that desire of making sure that I I have that that draw of uh, money that that was the one that uh, drove me for a long a, a really long time, until it didn't. <laughs> Can you look back at that moment and kind of? pinpoint when that happened when you were like oh these paychecks aren't making me super excited anymore mm -hmm. yeah it, def it definitely was when and i think it's it's been said a lot right that uh, there's a plat plateau at uh, seventy five thousand, i think it's for americans where money is no longer bringing us happiness and i i literally hit that that uh, that number and i felt like like i had everything i didn't need to do anything else and the only thing I had to do is party and uh, feel good and be happy and <laughs> come to realize that the more I just stand still, the more I, I was unhappy. And uh, I, I just a, a pit was forming in, inside of me where I was wondering what else is there to life? What is my next season? What do I need to do? And th that frustration just constantly built up more and more where the money was no longer there. And I didn't even know what, was, what, was, uh, what else was out there because up until that point, you know, it's that blueprint that I was talking about at the beginning is my parents told me, hey, you gotta get that 401k and you gotta, you gotta have a steady job. But they haven't said anything. What are we doing afterwards? Once we once we hit that social blueprint and we check all those boxes, what's next? And you know that's where p passion, a calling, a purpose, uh, living a more fulfilling life. That's where I feel like it's not being talked a lot uh, uh, about that those type of seasons in our lives. And that's where I, that's where I ended up. Yeah, it's an interesting spot when you get to that point where you go, huh? Well, there's got to be more to it. Because I think a lot of people get to that point in life. And yeah, I've heard of the same thing. It's like 70 grand or 75, you get over that and it's a different appetite. And I've experienced that as well. I've experienced different levels of that where you experience things. And uh, one of my friends said it best. He was like, make loads of money, but what the fuck? Are you going to buy another shirt? I was like, that's a solid point. I'm like, yeah, what are you going to buy another shirt? Um, but when you think about being in that spot, where a lot of people get to and they go, I've got the things, I got the house, I got the wife, I got the kids, I got the whatever it looks like, but they're still not satisfied or they're still not being fulfilled. That is just the tip of the iceberg to start to look at what is fulfilling, what your purpose could be. And I think a lot of people get honestly fucking terrified because they don't know. And they've built up all this stuff behind them saying, well, this is who I am. I've gone to school for this. I've done this thing. And this is who I've made myself to be. And sometimes it takes you shifting and becoming somebody different. So 
in that spot when you got to that point, and I know it wasn't a one day or two day thing, but over that course of time and being able to look back at it now, what sort of advice would you give to somebody that's kind of in that spot right now where they feel like they're close to that? Yeah, there, and like you said, it wasn't a it wasn't a one moment thing. It it was just a continuous buildup of something has to change. I cannot go on like this, and the the biggest struggle that I had is that I was constantly looking on the outside. You know, I had my parents who told me, I had society who told me what I should be doing, and I was still looking the for the answer from the outside. What do I? What am? What's my passion? How do I develop this? And it it took me a, a long time to understand that we have to look inwards, right? It, it's it's inside of us, but we are so distracted with social media and all these different posts and all these all the the distractions with sports and everything that's happening outside of us that we we don't even realize that we must pause and take a second and look inside and. I don't know about you, Nick, but the first time I did it, it was very uncomfortable to stay alone with my thoughts. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a happy place to be for the most point. It's it's funny. I have this conversation different times with clients, with friends, with guests, um, and there's so many things that pop up. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. While we're on this, there was literally a squirrel that ran up the tree that's right outside my window. And my dumbass self just went, huh? And looked right over. First thought I had was, oh, my ADD kicked in and went, oh, look, squirrel. Uh, but being able to catch yourself and pull yourself back, where I say that because <laughs> it literally happened, but also jokingly, where we have so many different things that pull at us all the time. And I think we also enjoy that pull. You enjoy the notifications on your phone. You enjoy looking at Facebook or IG or whatever and kind of getting those dopamine hits. But we also enjoy not sitting in the shit and working through the shit. Now, I've had a lot of conversations with people that have done that work. And it was because of what happened in 2020 with COVID and being stuck in a house and just being forced to sit in a room by yourself or with a spouse or whatever. Um, I think you and I both understand that it is like a muscle where once you start to work on it, it becomes easier to do, but it's still not always a pleasant experience. So when you're in that spot, even now when you're in that spot and you're about to work through something that's not super pleasant, how do you keep yourself from getting distracted without throwing your phone out the window? Yeah, and, and that's that's the that's the challenge, right? Because sitting in the discomfort is uncomfortable right and at, at, at first you know whenever i because I, I i i look to meditate right the, the best way to just close your eyes and just let let your thoughts go and i really thought that meditation is just some woo woo thing and it was difficult just to stand still for five minutes and that's that's the biggest challenge that we have at the, at the beginning of uh, this uh, becoming more self-aware of what we want uh, for ourselves, not what others want from us, is to un understand that there's that paintball just running around your head and you have to kind of let it be and sit sit with it for uh, for some time. And you said it 
well it's a muscle you have to train to just observe the 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 ball just rattling inside your brain and the more you do you'll notice that it's going to slow down and it's going to get a little more uh, observable and the more you do it the more you're going to be able to recognize the the thoughts that you're having and there's you know there's so much of this negative shit that goes up and in, in there that is it's it's drowning anything positive it it truly is because you know our primordial instinct is always to go negative 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 and the more you pay attention the more you practice being aware and understanding your thoughts the more you're going to be able to recognize the negative shit toss that to the side and just observe of the things and ask i don't know ask the universe ask yourself just ask that question what do i want and the more you ask it and the more you're able to eliminate the negative the subconscious will can it can help itself right it's gonna look to answer for that question and that's when you start finding the things that really excite you the ring the things that would have the potential to be a passion yeah as cliche as it is the answers are within we've all heard it most of us have said it at some point but most people don't live it all the time now look perfection is not a thing that i think any of us can achieve and i know that i don't live it all the time and there are certain things that'll pop up where just to be able to be aware of that hold it and then move it in and of itself takes a lot of work to be able to form the muscle to be able to do it and i think that awareness is the key thing that you brought up because once you're aware of it, you can do something with it. If you're not aware of it, then you're just literally being reactive to everything. Now, I think some of that may have come from, and this is a little bit of an assumption, but a setup for the next bit. A little bit of that has come from you being a project manager and working on larger projects with tons of pieces and different departments and all of that. So do you kind of incorporate how you work throughout the day is also how you work throughout your life? Yeah, I definitely have. I have so many systems in place uh, that uh, I think they they make me successful. I, and I'm I'm always fascinated uh, people who don't have any plans in their life and they just they just do things as they come. Uh, to me, that that just sounds stressful. And just just like having a budget, it really helps you stay organized and not stress out when you run out of money, right? And planning and being organized in everything I, I think it has so much value and this is i think it's spilled from my career into my personal life where now i i do have um speaking sundays or um re recording uh, saturdays or any kind of activity that, that i do i'm very structured with it because i i think you you're like me nick that we work better when we have consistent habits and that that's exactly what project management has done for me is like just stay stay consistent stay on track and try to be try to have those uh, routines uh scheduled yeah i that's an interesting point uh i think there are certain times where people will kind of push away from that because that's not who they are they want to flow and i'm one of those people where i really enjoy the flow and be able to move throughout things um, and then there are others that they have to live by the guidelines that they set. Like the day goes like this. If it goes some other way, then all, all craziness happens. 
So there's got to be balance to it. You've got to have a little bit of both. Somebody said a while back about being proactively lazy. And that just stuck with me. Because if you think like even in the morning, you're like, all right, well, I've got to get gym clothes and all of that. If you do it the night before and you're proactively lazy, that can be part of a routine or whatever that looks like. So I find that at least for me, I have chunks in the morning and the afternoon or the morning and the evening where there are specific things that I get done within those times and allow myself sort of the bumpers through the day to be able to move and play along with the magic that shows up throughout the day and be intentionally reactive with certain things. Um, but having those times that you work through is a key thing. So when you think about the project management side that you have and the systems that you've put into place, can you look back, let's say a couple years and see the progress that you've had because of those systems? And are there any that really stand out to you where you're like, man, if I didn't have this fucking thing, I'd be an absolute mess right now. You know, not even, not even project management related and just in, in general in life, I, I remember liking, liking to work out. Um, and that was that was the the thing that I was that I was doing in the morning um, on a regular basis, but what I've managed to do now I have a whole routine in the morning that I do because of my working out and it's I think James Clear said this in Atomic Habits right where you tack on to a, a an existing habit another habit so let's say that you're brushing your teeth every night you just listen to a podcast while you're brushing your teeth it would be a tack on habit and that, that those were the things that really helped me just be more um, mindful and more intentional with the things that really helped me grow so I, I was fairly consistent working out but then in the morning now before I work out I must write three things that I'm grateful for throughout the day that's for me it's a it's a way to prime my mind it's it's something that I've been doing for the last five years and I probably don't even realize how much value that is because the first thing that we do when we wake up is like oh what do I have to do oh shit I I have to take care of that problem. Oh, all these negative thoughts just quickly zoom into our minds and uh, that carries throughout the day. So the one thing that I know I did and which was very, very beneficial for me is just do those three things that are that I'm grateful for in the morning and then three, three main goals that I'm supposed to achieve throughout the day and then go work out. And after a while that once that habit formed and i'm like well let me see if i can meditate for five years for five minutes after my workout well i don't really like meditating but i like the sauna so i went into the sauna and i can't take my headphones because it, it gets too hot so i'm like well i guess i'll meditate and you know i started off with five minutes and it was uncomfortable and then i bumped it up to 10 minutes and uh, you know now i'm at 15 minutes but those type of systems where you have one main thing that you do and then you tack on a few things for me it was instrumental to just just have better habits and uh, just be more successful on the things that really make um, make me feel more alive i don't know make me feel happier uh, the working out it's it's crucial for me i i feel like just getting that out of the way the first thing in the morning uh, it just pumps pumps me up and uh, it just feels great and then you have the other the other things that are adjacent to it. Good point about the habit stacking. 
and being able to take upon something you're already doing and just add something to it and then adding the reward to it. What a great book. Uh, the concepts in there that are almost stupidly simple. Like, think about it as you read through it. At least I did this where I was like, duh. Yep. Makes a ton of sense. I do some of that or I don't do some of that. And then being able to kind of add those things on. I think it, in certain ways, it's, it's fun to play the game, you know, play the game of life where you go, well, I don't like to do this thing, but it's good for me. So how do I do it? And how do I do something along with that? Like you'd said with the sauna where you're like, well, can't bring my headphones in. <gasps> I guess I can incorporate this bit to it. And in some ways kind of nerd out about that. And that's, that's a fun thing to be able to experience because everybody's a bit different when it comes to that, but still being able to use that principle of how do you kind of keep stacking to it without driving yourself crazy. And I'm glad that you also brought up meditating five, 10, 15 minutes. At first you started to almost say five years. Uh, and that's how long it kind of has at least taken me to get to the point where I can do a couple of minutes and be consistent with it. You know, there are times where, man, I'm sure you can attest where you sit down and you're like, I'm just going to meditate, thought, 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 and it's just constant, but being able to continue to work that. Now, do you find that you, uh, do you find that you give yourself grace when you miss a day or are you so project oriented and so into your systems where you beat the shit out of yourself for it? Hmm. That, that's a very good question because I used to do that. Yeah, I used to be because because of all the habit stacking that I've done, I had a, a, a crap list of uh, items that I wanted to get throughout the day. And I I felt like I had to. I had to do it. And for the longest time, it was actually stress starting to stress me out because I haven't checked the list. And I think it was only a year ago where I moved it from I have to. Uh, no, I don't have to. I want to whenever I can. So if you're right, if if I miss a day or two now, I I don't uh, I don't beat myself up and all of this stuff. If 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 it doesn't give you energy, if it doesn't give you pleasure, you shouldn't be doing it. it of course, at first it's it's a little bit of uncomfortableness. But my wife, for example, she she doesn't like meditating. She goes into the sauna and just just looks around and just sits there. She's she's not a big meditator, and everybody's different. And we have to do things that we enjoy, right? And uh, this pressure of staying consistent, uh, there's a point, there's a limit to it. I, 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 that, that's a good question that you have, yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely balance to it, no matter what. And understanding that different people are different. So, man, I appreciate that you've been on and that we've gone through a lot of this stuff so far. So what's that one piece of advice you'd give to somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? Hmm. I would say don't beat yourself up. Don't think that everything has to change tomorrow. I, all of all of the things that we're doing, it's it's been baby steps at first, and this kind of like you know your New Year resolution. You're saying you know starting January first, I'm gonna go to the gym and work out five times a day, and I'm gonna eat only salad, and I'm not gonna drink any alcohol. That's that's not a way to do it. it Anything that you want, start slow. Like you said, just m try to incorporate it slowly into your into your your routine, and don't beat yourself up, because a, a lot of times, because we 
food is a very easy example, right? You stay off and you don't uh, eat crappy food for a week and then you you let yourself go in a weekend and you're like, well, everything's gone to hell now. I'm just going to I'm going to go to the buffet tomorrow. No. It's okay. Just start slow and just be consistent. I I think the my superpower is consistency and there's that that say that saying, right? 1% better each day if if we just apply that in 10 years it's incredible what we what we can achieve yeah great point that incremental growth well it's been a pleasure to have you on here again i appreciate you uh, opening up and going through everything tell us where can people find you and where can they connect with you yeah awesome discussion nick thank you they can find me on instagram is the best place uh my my name s-e-r-b-a-n-m-a-r-e uh, just that's my my handle. I try to put uh, wisdoms, uh, uh, some uh, quick reels, something that I've learned and I am applying in my life, and I try to share as much uh, wisdom with others uh, that I can. So that's the best place. Awesome, and all that will be in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, same here. Thank you very much for having me. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts. And check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. And check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on the mindset and self mastery show.com as well as our youtube channel just go to youtube and look up the mindset and self mastery show thanks again to our incredible guests for being real honest and vulnerable with us today i'd like to thank our sponsors and most importantly i'd like to thank you thank you for hanging out with us today your support means the world to us and with that remember your mindset matters and so do you <laughs>